0: Henderson. And of course, as always, I am very glad that you have joined us. We want to talk about small businesses today, small businesses that are being absolutely hammered by the coronavirus pandemic. All of the social distancing and other measures that we have taken have robbed most small businesses of the ability to conduct commerce. Now, there is some good news. There is more federal money on the way for small businesses. President Trump signed a nearly $500 billion relief package over the weekend that includes more than $300 billion to replenish the Paycheck Protection Program, or PPP, which was almost immediately drained when it was first created under the massive $2 trillion CARES Act last month the question though is how far this aid will go will it go to the right recipients we heard a lot about that other money going to very big businesses and what else needs to be done to make sure that small businesses survive that's where we want to begin the conversation today and we want to hear from you about your business uh Give us a call. Tell us how things are going, how you are managing to survive all of this, whether you are going to be able to survive all of this, and tell us what you think the future might look like as we get back to the world in some sort of normal sense, as things start to reopen. How is your business going to have to adapt to the new world? As always, the number on the phones here is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there. Or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and uh, we'll try to work you into the conversation. And joining us now to talk more about the plight of small businesses is Brian Kelly He is the president of the Small Business Association of Michigan and Michigan's former Lieutenant Governor Brian, welcome back to Detroit Today.
1: Ethan, thanks for having me uh, join you today. Pleasure to hear your voice.
0: Yes, it's great to hear your voice as well. Uh, So let's start with this new federal funding and what you think that might mean for small businesses
1: here in Michigan. The Paycheck Protection Program, it really has been a a lifeline. Uh, It's like a survival tool. I, I heard people talk about the the, um, the CARES Act, like it was a stimulus package, and I don't look at it that way. It's more of like surviving through this phase and to see the other side and have a shot at making it long term. So this is really meant to cover payroll expenses, largely just payroll expenses for small businesses. You had mentioned the, uh, some of those uh, bigger publicly traded companies and the hospitality and restaurant business that kind of got in in a loophole. Thankfully, this round has closed that loophole. And uh, some, maybe all, but I think at least some of those companies return the money after some public scrutiny. Uh, it, it's so important that this it has to go to the actual small businesses because those are the ones that have the fewest options, and they're the—I mean—they're the ones that are also their home is the community. They're, they're pillars of the community in so many uh, in, in so many uh, circumstances that we—it's not—it's not a luxury to have a uh, a healthy small business. Uh, economy across our state. It's a necessity.
0: Yeah. Um, you, you have been in on the discussions with Governor Whitmer about how the decisions get made about how to balance public health concerns with economic concerns. We talked a lot about that here uh, on the show. But but give us an idea of what your position has been in those negotiations and how you're seeing that balance unfold here in, in the state. Uh, obviously you represent uh, small businesses here in, in Michigan and they are, as I said, really getting hammered right now, but, but we do have this pandemic that is uh, of course, threatening everybody's health. I, I wonder uh, if you can give us a, a window into your thinking about how we, how we deal with all of that.
1: The, the top message has and continues to be that our, um, uh, our small or our, uh, our our leaders that they're making the best decisions that they can based on the information that is available to them, and and I, I think we have to trust that the uh, it doesn't mean there's not room for disagreement, but but I think the top line we just have to trust that they're doing the best that they can with the information that they have, and as we move forward, it's. Um, it, Looking around the around the country, around the Midwest, around the world, and other experiences makes a lot of sense. That everybody's learning so much right now, and um, and so as we 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 now as we start put a toe in the water, maybe move a step forward in this next phase. We know there are going to be things that small businesses have to do that they've never done before. Things like health screening, things like using personal protective equipment, re-engineering their, their process and the design of how the work happens to achieve, more space between people and less contact between people, sanitation schedules, for example, that would be, you know, in most places, they, they, they clean the place every night, but now it's going to be maybe required uh, disinfecting every hour or certain surfaces more than that. I mean, there's a, um, there's a lot of new things in the queue and uh, and, and for us we want we want to do what what makes sense and I think small business owners really are just looking for you know, some indication tell me what the rules are, are going to be what do I need to do and, and they'll, they'll follow the rules and uh, hopefully we can get back to a point where um, where we we, we start um, moving toward a, a, a wider, Range of, of economic activities that are happening without putting public health at risk. Of course, that's the that's the balance. That's the the uh, the difficult part is to is to make sure that as you ease back into it, you don't get to a point where you have a uh, a spike that causes the the health system, our hospitals mainly, but our overall health system, to uh, buckle under the pressure. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, last week, Senator Gary Peters said on this show that uh, although Michigan ranks about 10th in terms of population in the country, we came in about 35th in terms of how much of the original PPP funding came to businesses here. I wonder if you share that understanding of how things broke down and, if so, what you think needs to happen to make sure we get our fair share this time.
1: Yeah, in, in that state, depending on how you measure it, I mean we're eighth overall in total dollars drawn down in Michigan, but 35th as a percentage of eligible payroll. And that percentage of eligible payroll, I wasn't surprised by that because if you look at the states that struggled more, it was the states that had a uh, that had more severe uh, public health outcomes. Doing anything when you have a a pandemic, when you're one of the um, one of the states that are struggling the most in terms of infection rates and hospitalization, um, doing all other things is more difficult in that environment. So you saw places like Nebraska and South Dakota who, had, who are, are much more sparsely populated, they had more success in covering uh, more of their payroll with the Paycheck Protection Program. So we're trying to really hammer this one home that you cannot wait. Um, most, really all banks have figured out ways to, to work virtually now uh we have more banks that have come online uh, and including the bigger banks that really struggled before uh some of michigan's bigger banks uh, struggled to get online with the paycheck protection program before uh, my understanding is everybody's ready it opens up again at 10:30 this morning and um it, it is just so important that uh, that they literally they work there's no banker's hours in this they got to work around the clock in uh, processing these because we know that this money will go fast as well it's not um I think mean, the demand is going to be really high, and the last one went in 13 days. I wouldn't be surprised if this one went, went a little faster because more banks are processing them now. Um, hopefully it's just that it gets to the right people.
0: Hmm. Uh, this is Detroit Today, I 101.9 WDET. I'm, I'm Stephen Henderson. And my guest is Brian Kelly president of the Small Business Association of Michigan, former lieutenant governor here under Rick Snyder. And we are talking about small businesses during the coronavirus pandemic, how they adapt to all the changes that are taking place, and how they get more of the federal relief that's available. Uh, a new bill signed by the president over the weekend will replenish some of the pay protection program money that went so fast the first time after the first uh, stimulus was passed. Uh, Hopefully we get more businesses here in Michigan benefiting from that program. We want to hear from you this hour about how you're managing the pandemic. If you're a business owner, uh, give us a call. Let us know what you're able to do, what you haven't been able to do. Let us know how fragile perhaps your business is right now because of all of the disruption, and give us an idea of how you're planning for the future. Uh, we will not live like this forever, but when we do go back to the world as quote-unquote normal, things will still be different. So what things are you going to have to change about your business to be able to operate in this new world? As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313 577 1019 you can also go to the wdet facebook page and put comments there or go to twitter and hashtag detroit today and we'll work you into the conversation also give us an idea of what you would need if you're a business owner to get through this and whether you feel like the relief that's out there is is providing that is there something else that you need officials to be thinking about in order to support your business so that you can survive Till we get back to whatever normal is going to be. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Uh, we're going to start with Rachel Lutz, who is a close friend of the show and the owner of several uh, establishments around town, including, including the Peacock Room, Frida, and Yama. Rachel, welcome to the program.
2: Good morning. Thanks for having me.
0: Hey. So uh, give us an idea of... For you, what this new federal relief might uh, might actually be or might actually do for you, and just give us a, a sense also of how you're preparing for reopening the world and going going back to the businesses uh, that you that you operate here in the city.
2: Yeah, I mean, I can also speak on behalf of several other small business owners that I've spoken to, but the first round of the SBA loans, the PPP, I'd like people to understand, 45% of the money went to 4% of the recipients. Mm -hmm. Um, A huge disparity, uh, you know, as a lot of wealth in this country is distributed, a lot went to very few. So um, it's really been demoralizing to a lot of small business owners to hear about how the funds didn't get into the right hands. I am actually the second round feeling very optimistic about our chances as a business. Um, because of, you know, what you had talked about, the mayor announcing uh, the program with uh, Goldman Sachs. I have been a lot more hopeful the second round, but I also know that there are a lot of businesses, uh, like mine that will not feel so optimistic. Mm. Um, the application process is daunting. Like, how many employees do you have? Well, uh, we have seasonal employees, full-time employees, part-time employees. You know, you're always guessing on these applications what you're supposed to say, and if you know if you if you breathe incorrectly, you're worried that your application is going to get tossed to the side. Mm. There's a lot of anxiety involved in this process. Mm. As for what we are doing to prepare to reopen, asking a small business owner that question is very different than asking the owner of a large company. Jeff Bezos is, you know, sitting in his office in Zoom meetings right now. He's not working on a factory or warehouse floor with his frontline employees. Um, Small business owners, we work alongside our own people, and we are right there in the trenches with them. So we care a lot more about the health and safety of our employees than, say, someone much farther removed from the process. Hmm. So any question that I ask of how am I going to keep my employees safe is going to be the same question of how am I going to keep myself safe?
0: And so, what, what does that look like then over the next few weeks and months, as we as we kind of, as Brian Kelly says, you know, dip our toe back in the water in terms of yeah. going back to normal?
2: I mean, my my um, the the people that I will listen to first are medical experts. Um, as you know, this crisis went from changing week to week, to day by day, to hour by hour, to minute by minute in some cases. So I'm still waiting to, you know, learn more information. But at the very least, it'll start with us doing uh, virtual appointments, virtual shopping appointments, curbside pickup, porch drop-offs uh, for the Peacock Room. You know, we're a very high-service, high-touch industry. We We are not a, a company that can thrive behind, you know, acrylic barriers mm. to our customers, and most small businesses are that way. So um, we're going to do it in stages, and we're going to do it however we feel safe. Um, because I have the luxury of having four stores, four locations, I can staff uh, farther spaced out. Each employee might even have their own store for the day uh, to fulfill orders, um, but, but we will definitely be using safety as our... Uh, biggest de- determinant as to how we're going to proceed forward. And it'll come in phases. You know, a lot of us small businesses have a short-term, medium-term, and long-term plan. And short-term, we kind of know what to what to do. But medium and long-term, we're still going to need more guidance on that. Mm.
0: Uh, okay, Rachel Lutz, owner of the Peacock Room, uh, Frida and Yama, and founder of the Facebook group City of Detroit Business Owners covid Nineteen rapid alerts. Thanks for calling in uh, for the segment and giving us that perspective. Yeah,
1: and, and Stephen, I think that Ra- Rachel made a couple of really, really important points. I think are worth um, worth kind of separating out and mm-hmm. and uh, restating. First is small business owners look they're the they're the human resources officers and they're they're the in their businesses they're the the ones who do the uh, oftentimes the accounting and they're the sales lead and they're the, you know, copy machine jam fixer. I mean, they, they, they do all these things. They're like integrated into every aspect. And, um, and so this, this whole thing of what do you do to protect employees and what do you do to protect the business owner? That's the same thing for a small business. Right. And, uh, and so that's why I think that's really a, a a good place to really take the pulse of, of how people are thinking about this, how, how a small business owner is thinking about this and how employees should be thinking about this because Uh, because they do work shoulder to shoulder so often. We say, you know, small business owners uh, treat their employees like family. Sometimes they literally are their family. (laughs) So it's a, Mm -hmm. um, it is a, um, I I think that's a, it's a good way to, uh, to, to look at it. And, um, and then the other thing is that the Small Business Administration that probably bears pointing out the Small Business Administration, that's the U.S. federal government. I'm the president of the Small Business Association, which is a, private sector association here in Michigan, um, different entities, similar name. Um, but those, those loans allow, they go all the way up to businesses of up to 500 employees, which is really pretty big. And uh, those types of businesses tend to have stronger commercial banking relationships or just better positioned to take advantage of something like the Paycheck Protection Program. And that's why I'm, I'm more optimistic about the second round, just like Rachel is, because a lot of those Got a lot of those bigger small businesses under the federal definition already got funded, mm-hmm. and so I think the average the average um, small business now is like they're they're more likely to get money out of this. I hope that's how it turns out because it, they it's just face it, they need it more. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: again, Rachel, thanks very much for calling in. Let's go to Nefertiti Harris, who's another small business owner here in the city of Detroit. She owns Textures by Nefertiti and is also a good friend of the show here on Detroit Today. Nefertiti, welcome to Detroit Today.
3: Hi, how are
0: you, Steven? I'm good. It's good to hear from you. Uh, Give us an idea of how the last five weeks or so have been for you. I haven't talked to you. Uh, I haven't even really been able to keep up with you on, on social media. Give us an idea of what's going on with your business.
3: Yeah, well, we've been keeping up with ourselves, right? Because this virus has affected us in horrible ways. You know, every time I look on Facebook, and even without looking on Facebook, when I talk to my friends, you know, someone else has, excuse <clears> me, <throat> succumbed to to this disease. Yes. And so, one of the things I'm really concerned about for my for my business and 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 my business colleagues that are really my family members, like Jim was saying, is the fact that. During this five weeks, they we have all really gone through it, trying to um, get the support, the financial support that we need via um, um, unemployment, uh-huh. and so that is that has been daunting. So as we as as I see um, cities, uh, states rushing to open the doors, right? You know, we you know I have a business that is one on one. Yes. Like we're in some we're right in someone's face. Someone's faces. So I'm really hoping that that the governor um uh gives a lot of thought to businesses like ours and does not put and we cause we I consider us to be front <laughs> part of front line businesses, right?
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So
3: I'm really I'm really hoping that TA um you know untangles the unemployment uh, dilemma. So so that 1099 um, and self-employed individuals can can get the support that that they deserve and they need during the you know, during the time that that we're out sure. so that we don't feel pressured to run back, you know, um, to take care of
0: and take risk right. and
3: take risk because all this does is just keeps this this virus going all around and around. It just keeps resurfacing around and around and around. It's a domino effect. Yeah. So nothing's gonna change if A, people don't get the get the support they need, the particularly self employed, you know, via via the unemployment. Right. Um and B this this this, this rushing to open up these businesses is not phased in a way that makes sense. Now textures is going to of course put Strict protocols in place when we when we do decide to open, Um, but still, you know what? There's no vaccine. Yeah,
0: it's a and it's a you're you're a hair salon and nail salon. salon. I mean, it's it's not really possible to social distance. There's
3: no such thing as social distancing in a hair salon. It is Russian roulette. So I'm really really hoping that again. You know we can we can muddle through, untangle uh, the unemployment, so people again can yeah. get through and get the support that they need. So we don't feel pressured to go back Yeah. But just for finance. Nefertiti,
0: it. it's really great to hear from you. I'm really glad you called, uh, Brian Kelly. We've got a lot of businesses in the city of Detroit that face that same kind of issue. Of course, there are businesses all around the state that face that same kind of issue. I wonder if you can give us some quick thoughts about that end of it. The, the idea that some people may not be able to go right back to what they were doing and may need more kinds of relief.
1: Yeah. And the, the business that um, the, the businesses that, that you were just talking about, things like nail salons and, and, um, and in hair salons and places where there's an intensely intimate public interface, those are the businesses I think that are going to struggle both in terms of getting getting back or having the public health concerns abate enough to go back that there would be more toward the back end of that. And then on top of that, just because the government says it's okay, doesn't say that the customers are going to mm. feel comfortable. And so those types of businesses, I think, have more challenges than uh, than the others and i think that's a like a special class is going to have to get separated out uh for for extra consideration are those intensely public facing jobs or uh well people with public facing jobs so um the unemployment system may have struggled uh, mightily i mean obviously the system was never built to handle the type of um, the the type of volume that it has right now, but also the expanded eligibility has proven very very challenging, um, the uh, for for them to accommodate and in in rebuilding the system. But it is a uh, it's an important tool for people to consider, uh, especially if you're like a 1099 yeah. contractor. Even though you can apply for a paycheck protection program, we we have recommended that our uh, that our members that are 1099 contractors. Before you sign up for the Paycheck Protection Program, compare it to the unemployment benefit. Yeah, because even though it's hard it to get be in, better. the unemployment benefit might be better, and it might, and it, and it certainly lasts longer. Yeah.
0: Uh, okay, Brian Callie, president of the Small Business Association of Michigan and former Lieutenant Governor, It was really great to have you here for this conversation. Thanks for being with us.
1: My pleasure. Thanks, Stephen.
0: Up next, we are going to continue this conversation about small businesses during the pandemic. And we're going to be joined by Oakland County Executive Dave Coulter, who's going to tell us what his efforts look like out in Oakland County. Stay with us and stay with us on the phones. Stephen in Detroit, Justin in Detroit, we'll get to you next, as well as Robert in Southwest Detroit. If you want to join them, 313 577 1019 is the number on the phones. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. WDET, Detroit's NPR station. Celebrating 70 years of radio in Detroit. You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you have joined us. We're talking this hour about small businesses and how they're performing and surviving during the coronavirus pandemic. Last Friday, Oakland County infused more than $2 million into its small business community. The move is aimed at helping around 700 businesses through financial grants to support payroll, rent, mortgage payments, and other kinds of business expenses. Here to talk more about the funds and to tell us what's happening throughout the county's small business landscape is Oakland County Executive Dave Coulter. Dave, welcome back to Detroit Today.
4: Stephen, always great to be with you. Thanks.
0: Yes, great to have you here. So let's uh, start uh, with where the money for the stabilization fund came from and how you came up with it.
4: Yeah, so like a lot of counties, we received a grant from the state, uh, from the MEDC specifically. Ours was for $1.15 million uh, that the MEDC wanted to get out uh, to the local uh, state uh, counties as quickly as possible. Uh, I think... Uh, and then, what we realized when we got this money in Oakland County is it wasn't going to be nearly enough for what we thought the need was going to be, and I think we're still the only county that has actually matched that money and then some we we created a three million dollar fund uh in total, but we carved out seven hundred thousand of that specifically for small manufacturing companies who could who could uh change over their operations to make p p e um, We thought that was a key need so and then we left two point three million aside to uh, support our small businesses. And I might add, not just businesses, but uh, nonprofits as well, which are a really key part of the economy in Oakland County and in any county, I would argue. And so they were included in that as well. Hmm.
0: I would imagine that the application process for this is going to be really competitive. Uh, Talk about the numbers in terms of how many applied and uh, how many will get it.
4: Yeah, you know, that was the... um, uh, you know, that was the part that was really shocking. Um, nearly 17% of businesses and nonprofits in Oakland County applied for this money. We had over wow. 3... I mean, we had over 7,000 applications. Uh, the total request, $80 million. So that's that's a pretty staggering snapshot yeah. of the immediate need of our local small businesses and nonprofits. And as you mentioned, we were able to give away about $2.3 million, uh, which I'm really proud of. Uh, I think for those businesses, it's really going to help them keep the doors open, pay the rent and the utility bills for another month while they navigate through this pandemic. But um, uh, the, the gap is huge. And so uh, we recently received our portion of the CARES Act from the federal government uh, in Oakland County, and we believe that this type of program qualifies for that. And so I'm working with the Board of Commissioners now to do a round two of these grants because, we, we you know, we just... We know how critical this is. You know, I was the mayor of Fernvale. This is a town that relied on its small businesses, its small retailers and restaurants uh, to make the city successful. These aren't just numbers to me. These are real people that are putting their blood, sweat and tears into operating a business and... uh, it is it, critical that we give them a lifeline
0: and a grant, not a loan.
4: A lifeline to 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 keep their doors open for when we get back to some kind of new normal.
0: Yeah, I also wonder, as county exec, whether you've started to give thought to the ways in which things might be really different in the future for businesses in Oakland County. Think of Ferndale, as you point out, where you were where you were mayor, or Royal Oak, with these really dense commercial corridors where th- th- that have really changed the way people live in Oakland County over the last 10 or 20 or 30 years uh, are, you know how different will they be when things reopen and will that really fundamentally change the way that Oakland County operates not just from a business perspective but also from a government perspective
4: you know that's a that's a great question. Um, <clears throat> I think this pandemic is going to change all of our ways and all, uh, our lives and our communities in a, in a lot of ways that we can't even fathom right now, uh, at least for the, the, the near term. And um, it would be very challenging for a, a county like Oakland, which has a lot of great smaller downtowns, to try to figure out what that looks like when you when you can't get together. Um, I would I would be very sad if today came <laughs> if never came that we could resume to at least that kind of a new normal. But um, we're you know we we're thinking through that. We're we're bringing some really good minds together. I formed a, a economic recovery task force last week in Oakland County, and I brought what I consider some of the smartest minds in Oakland County around business, nonprofits, labor, um, education even. And we're having these discussions right now. What does it look like to reopen? What it, how will life be different? What will our businesses and nonprofits need? What are the things that we're going to have to make sure we're really focused on to help them be successful? Um, there's no easy answers here.
5: Mm.
0: Uh, again, this is uh, Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and my guest is Dave Coulter. He is the Oakland County Executive. We're talking this hour about small businesses and how they are surviving the pandemic, all of the disruptions that there have been to small businesses. We're talking about the relief that is now going to be available, new relief from the federal government, relief in Oakland County through a program that Coulter has set up. But we also want to hear from local small business owners. Give us a call and tell us how you're managing through all of this. Tell us what the disruptions have been like and tell us what your plans look like for when the world starts to reopen. How will your business be different uh, in a few weeks or a few months? As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Today. We'll try to work you into the conversation. Let's go to uh, Robert DeWalsh, who is calling us from uh, Southwest Detroit, where he is president of the Southwest Detroit Business Association. Robert, welcome to
6: Detroit today. Uh, good morning, Stephen. I thank you for having
0: me. Yeah. Uh, so, give us an idea of uh, what this looks like uh, in in Southwest Detroit, a, a place where there are lots and lots of small businesses, and where those businesses are the spine, really, of not just the economy, but also the community. Uh, This disruption has to have changed life there pretty dramatically.
6: Well, it really has. Yeah, we count about 1,700 businesses in our service area, which is primarily the uh, uh, three main zip codes in southwest Detroit, and about half of those are um, either Hispanic-owned or owned by immigrants. So um, these are businesses that started as, entrepreneurial initiatives and uh, usually family-owned or um, people who have pulled themselves up by the bootstraps and so they're very um, uh, very close to the margins in terms of their normal operations so this has really really put um, a hardship on a lot of our, our businesses and we're, we're seeing that in our contacts with the uh, businesses that we interact with and trying to hook them up with the information and resources that they need at least um Uh, To come up with some resources in the interim, until we get back to the new normal. And give us give us an
0: idea of how easy it's been to connect business owners with the relief that's out there. We keep hearing a lot of frustration from people about things that are supposed to be available but not really accessible. Have you run into a lot of that?
6: We have, and you know, we're talking to our business members and. Anybody who's operating a business in Southwest Detroit, whether they're a member of our association or not, and it's just that um, they don't normally have the back room uh, capacity that you would um, expect out of a, uh, a more traditional business. So they don't have accountants that they can just call up and get immediate service, and that's really what you need in order to take advantage of a lot of these programs, especially PPP. Um, but there have been programs such as the uh, the loan and grant programs from TechTown and the DQGC that are a little more friendly in terms of small businesses and their capacity to, uh, to respond. So we've identified about 40 businesses that have gotten some level of support um, out of these grant and loan programs. Um, and that adds up to just these 40, about $200,000 that we've identified. And we know that there's probably more out there. So... These smaller grants are getting out into the community, mm. um, but again, they're stopgap. You know, in another month or two, you know, we're going to need more uh, dollars for rent and utilities, and let alone bring back uh, the employees so that they can start working. You know, in the businesses and keep them operating.
0: Yeah. Okay, Robert DeWalsh, president of the Southwest Detroit Business Association. Thanks very much for calling in and giving us uh, the world uh the, the view from your world there uh in in southwest thanks very much
6: my pleasure thanks steven uh
0: let's go to steven in detroit steven welcome to the show up i think we lost steven there steven call back if you want to be on the air let's go to justin in detroit justin welcome to the show
7: good morning steven hey so um i own run detroit right here in midtown mm-hmm. and my biggest comment for, I guess, for listeners is as we kind of come back to this new normal, um, think about how, you know, we can all shop more local. You know, we have a lot of businesses that, that pivoted really quickly to um, do contactless lists, um, phone orders, or um, an, a website for orders. Um, and if we're able to shop, you know, with our local retailers, they can get you that product so much faster. And I think that's going to help a lot um, versus, you know, spending all your money at the big box stores and waiting for, you know, delivery in three to three days to three weeks.
0: Hmm. Uh, g- give us a, a sense of how your business is doing
7: right now, Justin. You know, we're far better off than most. Um, you know, your neighborhood probably looks a lot like mine where there's a big jogging boom. Cause that's kind of the only thing we can do. <laughs>
0: right.
7: Um, we're down massively. Um, you know, but not as bad as as most. We're doing about 45% of our normal business. Wow. Um, but we also were able to pivot extremely quickly and and set up our website and get all of our product online um, and offer uh, shipping or same day delivery. Mm.
0: Uh, well, Justin, uh, we wish you well. And the great idea about you know supporting local businesses through online. It's one of the things that we probably have. Uh, to think a lot more about now that things have changed so dramatically. Uh, Dave Coulter, before we let you go, you're also working on convening a group for the Economic Recovery Task Force. What can you tell us about that? yeah you know we really want
4: to make sure that we're keeping our eye on what this looks like, not only in the immediate term, but in the near term and then the longer term. How are we going to go from opening your door? what do they need? What do businesses and nonprofits need to open their doors to get stabilized, uh, to begin to recover? and then and then ultimately, what does thriving look like again and and how will it be different? Uh, in the future and I I like what your caller said from the Southwest uh, Detroit Business Association because it might not just be straight-up dollars all the time there could be back-end services that we could support you know there may be a way to help businesses work together more on some of those things so we have to be creative about thinking about how do we support these businesses uh, both to get their doors back open but longer term what are they going to need to really thrive again and that's that's a term that we're using for that longer view and so that we're taking a deep dive at that with some of the best minds in the county and uh, um, hopefully that'll help uh, in a county like Oakland, which really is one of the more robust economic counties in Michigan, I think it's not just important for us, but for the state, for Oakland County to really hit the ground running when we when we can. And so uh, we're we're really focused on that.
0: Okay, Dave Coulter, County Executive in Oakland County. Always great to have you here with us on Detroit today. Thanks for being Thanks, here. Thanks, Stephen. Yeah. All right, up next, we're going to continue this conversation about small businesses and be joined by Chad Livengood, a senior editor at Crane's Detroit Business. Stay with us and stay with us on the phones. Bob in Corktown, Lola in Dearborn, we'll get to you. If you want to join them, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phone. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. As always, thanks very much for joining us. We're talking about small businesses during the pandemic. How are they adapting? How are they even surviving all of the disruptions that are taking place? Uh, We want to hear from you. If you own a small business here in Metro Detroit, how are you managing? How are you getting through this? And especially, how are you planning for the future? And all of the things that might change permanently as we get deeper into reopening the world going back to some sort of normal. As always, we want to hear from you on the phones. 313-577-1019 is the number. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today and we'll work you into the conversation. Joining us now to talk more about this is Chad Livengood. He's a senior editor for Crane's Detroit Business has been following this story pretty closely. Uh, Chad, welcome to Detroit Today.
5: Thanks for having me,
0: Stephen. So you wrote last week about the mounting pressure on the governor to ease some of these restrictions that she has in place. And not after that, she did ease these restrictions on things like uh, boating and landscaping and golf. Do you think that pressure may have overcome some of the things public health advisors were telling the governor? I want to get at this balance that she's trying to strike between putting safety first, but then also being concerned about the damage that the economic disruption could cause?
5: Yeah, from the start, the governor has been focused on trying to mitigate the spread of the virus. And now there is a shift going on trying to mitigate the the spread of a depression, essentially. Uh, that That is really uh, the threat right now uh, with one in four Michigan uh, workers out of out of work right now. And and this kind of mounting uh problems that are happening i mean these personal uh um pay their excuse me the paycheck protection uh program is you know meant to try to prop up some businesses and keep them going so they don't have to put all their own, uh, their workers on unemployment and they can keep operating um, but, you know, as we saw, the money went fast, and so and now the next round comes today. But um, th- this is just short-term Band-Aid uh, approach, and, and there's a big balancing act going on right now where companies are just trying to basically wait, wait it out, uh, wait for the, um, the, the virus threat to be um, subsided and, and the governor to give the all clear, and uh, the governor's trying to figure out um, how, to, how to balance these different uh, priorities So between uh, protecting public health and also not sending the state into you know, a multi-year uh, economic downturn. Hmm. Uh,
0: give us an idea from your perspective of how the pandemic is affecting small businesses in Michigan and how much the federal help and the state help and the local help is going to make it possible for people just to get over to the other side.
5: Yeah the the PPP program seems to be uh designed to help uh, a business get basically keep paying the bills and keep keep the payroll going in May and June and and just to some a lesser extent April if they were in the in the first round um but it, you can keep you know you can keep the business running keep paychecks going but you, if you're not bringing in the next round of income the next sales then you aren't really uh, moving forward, and so I think for a lot of these small businesses, it's just going to, especially if you have a retail component, mm-hmm. you have to find you have to get something going. I mean, so the governor last week eased up um, uh, some of the restrictions for retailers, so you could do curbside sales. That'll work for a lot of of these smaller shops, but a lot of the, also a lot of small like boutique type retail stores. They're, they're very much dependent upon people coming in and browsing It's not as easy to sell sell something online unless it's something that just turns over uh, routinely you know if you're the uh, the the um the gas station uh, that's that's selling um or a convenience store that sells uh uh, propane, you know, and and you 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 turn over propane all the time in propane tanks. That's the best example I could think of on the fly, but um, but it's something that turns over often. A lot of these other types of of durable goods and such, don't, they are, they don't they don't turn over as, as easily, and they require people to put their eyes on it. And those those are the businesses that are really going to be um, struggling to, to reopen uh, this summer. Hmm.
0: Uh, let's go back to the phones here. Let's go to Bob Roberts, uh, who's calling us from Corktown, where he is one of the owners of McShane's Pub. Bob, welcome to the show. Thanks, Stephen. Hey, uh, give us an idea of how things are going for you guys. You have been closed, I assume, mm-hmm. since all this started, but give us an idea of how you're preparing for what might come next.
8: Yeah. So actually we, we, we have stayed open for uh carryout business, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. You know, obviously for for, uh, Corktown, uh, this couldn't happen at a worse time because uh, we were uh, preparing for St. Patrick's Day parade, uh, uh, St. Patrick's Day, and then a couple weeks later, opening day. So in particular, our our, uh, bars and restaurants have taken a significant uh, hit because what rainy day fun they did have, uh, unfortunately, is still sitting on the floor of their walk-in coolers and inventory. Uh the, the average bar in, in Corktown uh the week leading up to the uh pandemic had, had spent about thirty five thousand dollars on inventory. So that's our that's our rainy day fund and that's our uh um, you know our, our savings. Uh so so unfortunately the, the restaurants have been hit uh in particularly hard. In fact we only have uh um, we have two uh fast food uh chains that are still open. And then uh, four restaurants uh, that are open for, uh, you know, for uh, carry out and two other uh, restaurants that are doing, you know, call in uh, uh, large orders and catering and that type of stuff. So uh, in in Corktown, I'm also president for the uh, Corktown Business Association. We have uh, 120 dues paying members. Out of those 120 members, uh, we have 12 that are uh, open for uh, business in some way, shape or form. Uh, the only ones that are open for regular hours are two gas stations.
0: So, so Bob, give us an idea of what the future looks like for McShane's and and other businesses down there.
8: Well, talking to, you know, I'll I'll, I'll speak specific about the restaurant business. Uh, You know, right now the future is pretty bleak, actually. Uh, Obviously, I think that it's uh, easy to argue that we were the we uh, are the hardest hit industry. We were the first uh, industry to get closed down mm-hmm. uh, completely. We will be the last industry that is allowed to open. And then the real question for for restaurateurs is what does that open look like, number one? And then number two, uh, in particular in Detroit, what are we opening to? So what does the, the, the opening look like? Uh, you know, we're, we're hearing all types of, uh, you know, conversations about, um uh, having to have a staff staff member at the door taking the temperature of guests coming in. If they have a temperature they're not allowed. Mm-hmm. Separating bar stools so that they're six feet apart. Separating tables so they're six feet apart. No communal dining unless you live in the same household. Um, you know, all, all of these types of things. Not you know, so, so obviously uh opening to a very throttled um uh level of occupancy. Yeah. And then that that'll be the norm for a little while and then a, 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 little while down, a little while down the road they'll loosen up maybe on some of the regulations and then maybe let you go to 50% of your occupancy and then 75% and you know finally back to your the so the question is how long a period of time you know is that going to be and who can hold on because <clears throat> right now you're closed so that's your normal right now we're doing carry out so we've kind of you know we've managed to massage things to where we can last for a little while once we once we open up and we open up to that type of an environment um all of our uh you know our fixed costs are still there but then our our variable costs all start to go up and the question is is that can we can we produce enough sales to to you know to uh uh, hit that hit that break even and you know quite frankly I, i i think it's doubtful uh i don't think that that you know having a throttled uh, uh uh occupant load is is a sustainable business model at all
0: yeah yeah bob i i really appreciate you calling and uh really appreciate uh, what you're trying to do down there with uh, with uh, keeping things going in in southwest thanks very much for calling all right, uh, let's quickly go to uh, April Boyle, who is the executive director of Build Institute. April, I'm sorry that we don't have more time to talk with you, but I did want to get you in here because I know the work you guys do with small businesses. Give us an idea of where things are from your perspective.
9: Thanks, Stephen. Yeah, it's been um, quite devastating, and you heard from Bob just how bleak it is. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, is. We're seeing five to ten years of evolution and change in just a few months, and it's, it's quite traumatic. Um, and besides that, what we heard from Nefertiti, people are dying mm-hmm. around us. Mm-hmm. And so we also have to keep in mind the emotional toll that it's taking on our on our communities. And Build Institute is really trying to support people through that side of things as well. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Uh, give us an idea. And we've only got about 30 seconds left. And again, I'm very sorry. We've just got a packed show today. Um, what the future you think looks like for small businesses in detroit
9: yeah there has been some positives we're seeing lots of innovation and pivoting from some of our small businesses like uh, yum village for instance who has taken their restaurant and they're uh feeding the front lines Mm -hmm. and and doing Mm -hmm. carry out and curbside pickup we see some of our restaurants like folk and sister pie have turned into um grocers. Um, so we are, we, we saw Castelia, who just was in the New York Times, um, selling uh, cocktail mixers. So there is some great innovation happening and we need your support. I'll echo that. Support your local small business today.
0: Yeah. Okay. April Boyle, Executive Director of the Build Institute. Thanks for being here. Also Chad Livengood, Senior Editor of Crane's Detroit Business. Always great to have you here as well. That's going to do it for us today. I'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.